Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back from the dead. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, every day I feel better. I mean, I was out for like six days. Yeah, but but you're out and still doing shows. He's he is. You are such a diehard, John. I did the I'm his son. I told John to go to Florida for a few days. I did he won't the, listen. I did the weekend shows. I did the, whatever I had to do. And this morning, I did about two hours of the show. Yesterday, about an hour. That's his resting, you guys. Vito Fasella, that's John's version of resting. He's a superman he, of he supermen. He In the studio, stop. we got Vito Fasella, the borough president of Staten Island. And Tony Carbonetti, chief, uh, what, what were you? Chief Former of staff. Chief of staff. The For the Rudy greatest Giuliani. mayor in New York City's history. Now, you just got back from the Middle East. I was in Doha for a few days, yes. Give us a briefing. Well, similar to here, everyone is praying for peace, praying for this to end. Uh, there are actually people there negotiating, you know, with uh, on behalf of the U.S. government and Israel. They negotiate with with the Hamas political leaders there. Uh, I don't get involved in any of that, you know, uh, but I'm telling you what's going on is, you know, they're trying to end this. They're trying to get whatever hostages they can back, and they've gotten some back. Um, but like everyone else, they're, they're praying for peace and want to know what comes next. Can you explain, Tony, why um, Qatar is such an important position with everything that's going on? Because people are going, why is Hamas there? But they're doing some instrumental stuff helping, too. Well, you know, everyone, in full disclosure, okay, I, I am a registered foreign agent for the government of Qatar. Um, they they were asked many years ago, uh, I think tw- in 2012, to house the Hamas political leaders and have done so ever since. Uh, the same way they were asked to house the Taliban leaders and how it assisted us in the with the post-Afghani incident, uh, you know, the with all the refugees, uh, they've been assisting with right now with Israel and the United States and trying to get the uh, hostages released. Yeah, and they've had some. They have had some good they, success. They've had a number that. of successes, thank God. Uh, thank but goodness. In, until you know we get everyone back, it's not a full success, right? We're, we're Is that hoping... where the big conference uh, took place well, on on climate? No, that was in uh, Abu Dhabi or Dubai. Dubai, it was, it Dubai. Was UAE. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. By the way, could maybe Qatar or some mediator come in and like figure out what to do with these protesters that are blocking the streets of, from JFK? They arrested them. Yeah, they, thank goodness, by the way, John. I was so happy. They blocked streets JFK and LAX today. You don't have the right to impede on anyone else. You, you, have, you have the right to say whatever you like and protest Peacefully, you don't have the right to impede on anyone else's day. I mean, you can't block an airport. You can't block a tunnel. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, Vito. I mean, come on. Well, this is an extension of those who say that anything goes, right? And there's no accountability and no consequence uh, and lawlessness. So, therefore, there are a bunch of people who want to bring attention to themselves and disrupt the lives of everybody else, especially, especially around a holiday weekend. I'm just uh, pleased that they're starting to take action and push back and fight back against these protests. We live in a country where freedom is the right to protest, but the, many of these people are crossing the line. They need well, to push back. In the last few days, Mayor Adams has signed a, uh, a what is it, with the BLM? Yep, yep. Black he, Lives Matter. But he said he was upset about the, the BLM upset settlement. On some, of the, uh, on some of the settlements. 
but he says his lawyers advised him to do it. Well, well, usually I tell my lawyers what I want to do. Yeah, I was going to say I've seen I've seen him. How does that work with you, John? When the lawyer says do something, you just do it, right? Is that how it works? Ah, yeah. I think think there's a couple other words I've heard. We got with us uh, one of the greatest police commissioners our city has ever had, Bill Bratton, and maybe Bill Bratton could uh, could could explain it. uh, What the heck is going on with that settlement with the Black Lives Matter with the City of New York Uh, commissioner? How are you today? I'm fine, you Aunt John. Just glad I wasn't on my way to JFK this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Commissioner, what do you think of this? Because now the mayor is sounding the alarm on this, saying it's about, like, because it was on the kettling issue, which, as you know better than anybody, it's all these officers surrounding protesters. Uh, they were doing it to, to obviously, uh, isolate them and, and hopefully arrest them. But now the mayor is saying, you know, I'm concerned about this and how it affects police to do their job. <clears throat> Well, that that horse, uh, herd of horses, has left the barn. That, uh, in the sense of that settlement, should never have been signed. They're continuing to restrict the ability of the police to enforce the law, uh, as you're seeing the evidence of it. In the sense of, they're trying their best to deal with these demonstrations, but the morons who were arrested today, the 26 or whatever the number was, all released immediately with desk appearance tickets, uh, with the idea of civil violations. You need to get back to basically vesting these people on criminal violations, charging them criminally. And if they keep acting up, they then have criminal records that will screw them up for the rest of their damn lives. That uh, these demonstrations, it's uh, Daniel Monahan's wonderful piece in today's uh, uh, New York Post, uh, Bob McManus' column, about uh, Daniel Monahan's expression 30 years ago about defining social deviancy down effectively excusing away levels of behavior. And what we've now done for 40 years in the city, excused away levels of behavior so that you have the results we're seeing this past couple of weeks with these demonstrators, that effectively nothing is happening to them. You know, police survive, disperse them, detain some of them, and they immediately let go. The courts guaranteed and the district attorneys will do nothing with these people. The only good news coming out of this, they are generating a, if you will, a reverse movement against them in terms of not just uh, Jewish people, uh, but basically the larger population is going to say enough is enough. You're interrupting my life right. for your issue. So enough is enough. And that's what you're going to start seeing if they keep up. Uh, and this, this New Year's Eve, they're talking about major demonstrations at the New Year's Eve event. Well, uh, the police are gearing up for that one. And let's hope if there is a major event that when the police deal with it, that the courts and the district attorneys and the mayor back them up in terms of the actions that will be necessary to, to deal with these clowns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, look, I agree that it is backfiring, I think, on these protesters. Everybody were talking to the former commissioner, the great commissioner of the NYPD, uh, Bill Bratton, Tony Carbonetti. Commissioner, how are you? Happy holidays. Uh, Exactly what you just said. I mean, defining deviancy down. I mean, what you and Jack Maple did in the early days of the Giuliani administration. I tell everybody the victims uh, when when a woman was was uh, when a purse was snatched, she would say it was my fault because I wasn't holding it tight enough. Okay, remember those days? Okay, we kind of the accepted days, the old it. days where they wouldn't wear uh, jewelry, they wouldn't carry Turning their rings inside no, out. No Rolex watch. Because everyone yeah. accepted it, okay? 
and and the commissioner and Jack Maple and the Giuliani is what changed it, and we need to get back to that because it is possible. It's possible, but it's going to be a long haul. You unfortunately uh, uh, subject to the whim of a city council, a legislature up in Albany that uh, still. Uh, uh, if you will, disarming the police, uh, not supporting the DAs, even when the DAs attempt to do something about this, they still are messing around with the various laws that allow the police to deal with these things. That Kettling uh, decision that was arrived at, uh, police have so few tools to deal with these issues and to take away the ability to basically keep a crowd from moving through the streets onto the expressways, or as they did today, blocking uh, the access to JFK, uh, it'll just get worse. And do you see any of the politicians condemning it? Has there been one politician in leadership in this state that has come out from the governor on down that has condemned these demonstrations? No. Why? Because they're sympathetic to them. Why? Because they understand what they have created, that there is nothing that can be done at the present time. And this is where generating... Uh, Concern, anger, frustration on the part of the larger population will eventually work out Will they'll start voting some of these characters out of office and get the city and the state back on track again. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, Commissioner. Where's the courage from local leaders? And they should have said it day one. None None of them are speaking out. I shouldn't say none. There are a few. But the majority, unfortunately, the majority that created the mess that we're in and the growing mess that we're in, the growing anarchy on our streets, I just also read that terrible story about what happened in Grand Central Terminal with the tourists. Yep. Um, you know, this is a character that supposedly we've had all types of things put in place over the last year or two to get these people off the street into custodial care. And here's this character basically goes out and stabs two young girls. Yeah, 17 priors. 17 priors. 17 priors. And what do you want to bet that they basically he'll be back on the street in a couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Vito Fasella? Well, the commissioner points out to something that I think is significant and I'm going to push back a little bit. And we on Staten Island won't tolerate this stuff. Uh, as we say, you have a right to protest, but we support the police in their efforts to condemn these guys who crossed the line. And I think the word you used was clowns and some of them are major clowns. But the reality is, as I see it, uh, enough people are now seeing it and they're saying, what's, what's going on in front of our, our own eyes here? They're disrupting our lives. They're making this city even worse. And that pressure, uh, hopefully, will start to be applied to elected officials to say enough is enough. So that, to me, is the long-term play here. And I hope the commission is absolutely right. Well, fortunately, in Staten Island, you have uh, some public officials that basically are trying to do something. You've got a great district attorney over there mm-hmm. that basically upholds the rule of law. No, the selfishness of these uh, demonstrators, and this is what we're talking about, selfishness. It's all about them, mm-hmm. not about you. Or I. It's not about what's going on in Israel or with the Palestinians. It's all about them that uh, a lot of the same cast of characters that turned out for Black Lives Matter demonstrations or turned out in earlier demonstrations. They live for this stuff. That they, they, they could care less about the cause. It's all about them, their ability yep. to, to basically exhibit power to, to, in a sense, have fun. And that's what's going on with a lot of these characters. In search of a protest. That's what they in are. Search, in search of a protest, no matter what's being protested. My, my only advice is 
get, go to the airport early because none of them seem to get up before noon. Yeah, or if so, it's raining. If it's raining, I, I'm surprised you go. they came out today because it was a little, little bit, uh, drip, you know, a little drizzle. There's you no know? 6 a.m. protest. Yeah, that's true. Um, Commissioner, thank you so much for all you do. We always love having you here on the show. Okay, well, thanks for all you speaking out that all of you are doing. Thank you very much. And by the way, uh, we were talking about Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, it just came out a little bit, guys, that um, he's announcing this executive order uh, requiring buses, charter buses, transporting migrants to New York City to provide a 32-hour notice in advance of their arrival to the city. They have to come, uh, what is it, Vito, between 8.30 and, and noon, right? So what can you do if they, if they, if they show up? Uh, you know, unfortunately, we're about a year plus uh, where, the, the, as the <laughs> commissioner just said, the horses have left the barn. And we're here to pick up what's left, if you know what I mean. Uh, and had most people just taken a step back in October of 2022 and said something to the effect of we can't afford to take care of the entire world. We can't t- put 100,000 people up in hotels. It's not to say we're not compassionate. It's not to say this isn't the greatest country in the world. We can't afford it. So now what's happening is every week, it seems, another effort is being made to rectify a terrible decision from last year. We actually, as you know, and nobody's been allowed, nobody's had a better platform than you, Rita and John, on this show about declaring that the right to shelter does not exist. We had a judge on Staten Island recently who said and validated right to shelter does not exist. So I know there's an effort to try to curtail this. We said last year this is a federal responsibility with wide open borders. And when you say a welcome mat to come to New York City and we're going to put you up for free, what does anybody suspect? It was unsustainable last year. It's unsustainable today. It will be unsustainable tomorrow unless something significant happens. By the way, uh, it just came out a little bit ago. Uh, the cost so far to New York City, this is from April of last year to November this year. You ready for this? Uh, $3.1 billion has wow. been spent on the migrants. Um, and we have with us now uh, the former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, who knows uh, this issue very well, uh, Mark Morgan. Uh, Mark, it's great to have you here on the show. First off, uh, before we get to all the stuff on the border and everything that's happening with uh, our Biden officials in Mexico today, um, what do you make of this executive order that Mayor Eric Adams just announced where he's putting sort of buses arriving, uh, you know, without warning, 32 hours notice and saying, if not, um, he's going to, you know, have some stiff action. Will that be is that enforceable even? Well, first of all, I hope he hand-delivered that letter to the President of the United States because that's who he needs to be given that to. You know, this 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 mayor, he, he's, it's all talk. He's full of hypocrisy. He's called Governor Abbott, right, uh, a, a madman for simply putting illegal aliens on a bus. <clears throat> who, by the way, signed a waiver saying they wanted to go to New York City, and there's been a few thousand. Meanwhile, the past 36 months, the Biden administration – through funneling uh, money to the NGOs, have, have shipped hundreds of thousands, if not over a million, to New York City. But you never hear the mayor mention that one bit. And at the end of the day, this will do nothing. This is more show. It's not going to the crux of the issue. You can't throw more U.S. taxpayer money at this issue after it's already here. If the, if the mayor wants to actually be honest and be, be honest with the American people, his constituents, he will demand the Biden administration reverse course on its open border policies and secure the border. That's the best way to stop the flow of illegal immigration. 
Yep, and everybody, we are talking to the former Commissioner of Customs, Border Protection, Tony Carbonetti. You got a question for Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Mark, I think I could, I could speak for everyone here. We are not anti-immigrant, okay? We're a country of immigrants. Everybody just wants a, a system by which everyone can benefit you X amount of people in. We know who they are. We know where they are. That being said, is it actually possible, and what would it cost to stop the 10000 a day coming in? Is it actually yes, possible we, to stop it? Yes, we did it. We did it under President Trump. I was the commissioner. We get to zero or almost border. zero. Oh, almost zero. We, we have the most secure border in our lifetime. But here's what's important. You mentioned something that's very, very important. It's, 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 it's the most critical comment that, that, that can be made. We are – look, every person that I know – that, that has risked their life, that, that knows the border, is and wants a strong border security. We are absolutely 100% for legal immigration. Yes, we, we already, are. And, and, right? And we already have a process. Now, can, can we have a discussion on how we can, you know... How uh, many uh, come uh, in, how many the allotment is? Yes, that, that's exactly, all negotiable. And, and, exactly. Get, get more fish out of legal immigration. Absolutely. Those are all legitimate discussions. But that's not what's happening in our border. What's happening at the border is about border security, which is synonymous with national security. Really to effectively defend and secure our border is being impacted by illegal But it is physically possible. It, it is. Look, when you implement a strategy. Because we can give you $3.1 billion from New York City. I mean, I don't know how much it costs. <laughs> Correct. Or, or, the, or the $100 billion that we've given Ukraine. Look, if they yeah. just took a fraction of that and, and, and put that for securing the border. But here's here's the issue, though. Here's what's very important is, is you can throw money and resources at the border. That's not the problem. Now, look, I'm not saying we don't need more resources. We do. But the, the crisis right now is because of policy. This administration came in and dismantled the network point. of tools, authorities, and policies. I'll give you just a couple quick examples. The Remain in Mexico program, gone. The asylum cooperative agreements with all three northern triangles, gone. Interior enforcement, gone. They, they reinstated catch and release. And, oh, by the way, that's all policy. And then, of course, they, they stopped building the wall, a resource issue. So they dismantled everything, policy, resources, everything. And we can't do this. Every single day under President Trump, our border was becoming more secure because we had a, a multi-layer strategy of infrastructure, technology, personnel, and policy that actually secured the border. Yeah, hey, uh, it's Vito Fasella, and I, I would actually go one step further. Uh, it's border security is essential, but I would almost argue that this is about sovereignty. And there are too many people in this country who hate this United States of America and want to see it sort of destroyed, and they have figured out a way that if they keep the borders open uh, indiscriminately and incessantly, you will get floods of people who will come and very often just seek to destroy the, the country from within. So, yes, yeah. so these are policy decisions that you effectively did under the President Trump, but now, the, you know, the, the, the fox has the keys to the hen house, so to speak, and that's what's happening. Do you agree or no? I, uh, 100%. Another, that's why I love coming on your show, Rita. So both, another great comment. But, here, and, but this goes to the legal immigration process. Part of the legal immigration process is those coming that want to be a part of the greatest country on the face of the planet, they have to agree to assimilate. They have to agree to allegiance to this country. You're absolutely right. But, but the, we, the, the, the sovereignty issue, we've all stopped talking about that, right? It's like the injustifies the mean. Oh, by the way, when somebody illegally enters the country in between the ports of entry, that's a crime. I don't care what you do or claim afterwards, that's still a crime. But the rule of the law, our sovereignty of our nation, that's not even discussed anymore. 
And so that's critically important because those that are coming to our border right now illegally, not only is there a downstream effect because resources are pulled off the line away from the law enforcement and national security mission to really act as a federal travel agency, leaving large areas of border wide open, the cartels gain operation control, push drugs, criminals, and national security threats across our borders every single day. And guess what? The overwhelming majority of those coming illegally, what they don't care about? is actually becoming a citizen and assimilating into this country. That should concern us all. Yeah, and before we let you go, Mark, you know, today uh, Blinken is over there, our Secretary of State. We have Mayorkas over there meeting with the President of Mexico. Uh, real quick, smoke and mirrors, or do you yep. think anything's going to get done? Or is it because it's an election year, maybe there's some epiphany uh, that they have? Yeah, it's all of that. It's smoke and mirrors. It's a photo op. It's an election year. Here's where they'll prove me wrong. If, if, if within this week they have a press conference between Mexico and the United States and they tell American people that we're going to do a couple of things. One, we're going to reinstate the, the remaining Mexico program. We're going to reinstate the asylum cooperative agreement. Mexico is going to deploy 20,000 personnel like they did under the Trump administration to secure their southern border and increase interior enforcement. And we're going to build a wall and catch a release. If they do that, then it was much more than just a photo op. If not, it's a joke and it's meaningless. How sad. Well, Mark Morgan, thank you so much. We always love having you on, Mark. And thank you for uh, your valuable front lines there on the border. So you know what that's like. Uh, Absolutely. Mark, thank you very much. Thank you. you and uh, we're going to yeah. take a break right now. And who are we going to come back with? Uh, we have uh, Judge Napolitano, Andrew Napolitano, about some big decision today that was in favor of Trump. Uh, and it's interesting. It's different than the Colorado one. A lot more after the break. All right. Let's take that break. Common Sense Recap of the Day's Biggest Stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Uh, the Michigan State Supreme Court with a big decision. Different than the Colorado State Supreme Court, which kicked Trump off the ballot. And joining us to talk about that and so much more is Judge Andrew Napolitano. Uh, Judge, it's so great to have you here on the show again. And, you know, what did you make of the fact Michigan and their state Supreme Court is also, if you look at the makeup, it's, it's fairly liberal, too. Colorado came down with the decision recently kicking Trump off the primary ballot. Uh, Michigan just came down a few hours ago and said, no, 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 we will not kick him off the ballot. Uh, what did you make of Michigan and what does this mean for uh, Trump's battle that's going to probably end up in the Supreme Court. Well, uh, Rita and John, uh, it's a pleasure to um, uh, to be with you, uh, as always, my dear friends. Thank the, you. The Colorado Supreme Court, uh, you know, is, is, is an outlier. And we knew that that opinion was going to be appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States. We now know for sure that the Supreme Court of the United States will get involved. So when two state Supreme Courts, Colorado, Michigan, each rule that the same clause in the Constitution, in this case, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, means different things, then the Supreme Court must get involved because the Constitution cannot mean different things in different parts of the country. That's bedrock federal law. So... Even though Michigan did the right thing, in my view, by saying it should be up to the voters as to who should be elected president, 
not up to judges. They forced the Supreme Court's hand. Now, look, the Supreme Court could agree with Colorado. I don't think it will. I think it will agree, it will agree with Michigan. But it will be forced to rule and rule quickly uh, because of the upcoming primary elections and ballots that need to be printed. You know, Judge Andrew Napolitano, can you believe that we're in this position where uh, people are saying, okay, well, we're going to kick one off the, you know, off the ballot. We're going to kick another one. It just seems to me so un-American. And, and I agree with you. I, I mean, you know much better than I do. I would assume the Supreme Court would reject it. But it, it just seems like we're in crazy land, like they're so desperate to find another way to get rid of Trump. Ninety-one counts wasn't enough. You know, uh, Rita and John, it's crazier than you've even just summarized it as. Because all this 14th Amendment stuff began with conservative Republican academics in the Federalist Society. The Federalist Society is a is a group of conservative and libertarian lawyers and uh, legal scholars to whom Donald Trump deferred when he made most of his choices for the federal judiciary. Stated differently, they are great people who understand limited government, maximum individual uh, liberty, and the Constitution means what it says. But a gaggle of them either felt compelled to do this intellectually or hating Donald Trump began all this with a 125-page law review article that most of us have read. Don't read it unless you're having trouble sleeping at night. (laughs) (laughs) And that began a dozen of these litigations around the country, only two of which uh, have reached the final point on the merits, and that's Michigan and uh, Colorado. But the Supreme Court's hand is forced now. They must rule and must rule quickly. Uh, Judge, don't we have a crisis in our country if uh, President Biden ignores the Supreme Court and and certain of their rulings? Well, he is doing that. Uh, The three of us uh, discussed the last time I was on here on on your show, uh, President Biden doing that with respect to uh, forgiving uh, student debt obligations, which basically means passing the obligation onto the taxpayer. Uh, and we do have a crisis when uh, the president does that. But, John, I think we would also have a crisis if we get in the business of judges telling people who they can and cannot vote for. Those decisions must be made uh, by voters and not by judges. And the people in Michigan, and Rita's right, Michigan used to be a conservative Republican place. It's not anymore. Uh, these jurists are uh, liberal Republicans and liberal Democrats. They did the right thing. Surprise, surprise, they did the right thing. And uh, Judge Napolitano, we have uh, Staten Island Borough President Vito Fisella here. Judge, can you explain, educate us a little bit as to why the Colorado Supreme Court was so wrong in its decision? Well, the Colorado Supreme Court uh, decided that a person could be an insurrectionist who has never been charged with it and therefore has never been convicted of it. Uh, That, in my view, is the critical error on the part of that court. They then got into the stuff about whether the president is an officer of the United States. I don't think you even need to reach that. Even if Donald Trump, God forbid, were to be convicted of everything he's charged with in New York, in Florida, in uh, Washington, in Georgia, none of it is for insurrection. 
None of it is for aiding and abetting an insurrection. So how they can conclude that he fits within the confines of the 14th Amendment for aiding and abetting an insurrection where he hasn't been accused of it, therefore cannot be convicted of it, is beyond me. So, uh, Vito, that, in my view, is the critical error on the part of Colorado, and I think the, that's, the U.S. Supreme Court will reverse that. So the, so the silver lining here with Michigan and all these folks uh, pursuing this, the Supreme Court will step in, and in our opinion, will declare that this thing is null and void, and we can get back to having people elect their representatives and presidents and not judges, right? Correct. It's just like when you have two federal appellate courts saying that the, the same clause in the Constitution means different things. The Supreme Court is forced to get involved. So you have two state Supreme Courts each saying that the exact same language in the federal Constitution, not an interpretation of any Colorado law or Michigan law, in the federal Constitution means two different things. You're right, Vito. The silver lining is the U.S. Supreme Court will be forced to rule and rule quickly, as I indicated, because they start to print ballots, as you know from your experience, pretty Mm. soon. Well, Judge Napolitano, thank you so much for explaining it to uh, the the public, and uh, we pray for America. We do. We do. And it's a pleasure to be on with you guys, and an early Happy New Year to all. Happy thank New you. Year. You Happy too, New Year. Josh. Happy thank you. Let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're coming back with Steve Forbes, and uh, he's going to talk about the economy, and then I think we have... Uh, uh, General John uh, Tyker to find out what the heck is going on in the Red Sea. And, of course, Curtis Sliwa. Yeah, he's going to well, talk well, about... What's an hour at WABC without at least 10 yeah, minutes right. of Curtis Sliwa? Right, it's mandated, I think. <laughs> Let's take that break. In the concert. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and so many things happening in the world. I've never seen, you know, uh, Vito, Tony, uh, you guys have been around for a while. I mean, have you ever seen so many things happening and not know what the heck is going on or something? No, I I think the point what we're seeing now is the world and sort of this country is spinning a little out of control. Uh, We've been through a lot in our history. Uh, We know we will come through it. But right now, I think a lot of folks are sitting back watching this movie and saying, when is this movie going to end? Senator Gates, or was it Senator or or Secretary Gates? Secretary Gates, right. Said something about uh, uh, Biden, uh, President Biden. He said, not when he was president, he said it before that. He says, in 40 years in government with with uh, um, uh, Biden, I've never seen him make the right decision. Well, at least he was consistent. Exactly. Right? Yeah, don't I, remember, in, uh, was, was it Goodfellas? That's Mush, right? Yes. That's the, <laughs> That's right. the well, guy they call Mush. today is uh, uh, one guy that does make the right decisions. We with us today is Steve mm-hmm. Forbes to tell us what the heck is going on with the economies. Steve Forbes, tell us, uh, are we going in the right direction or are we... Are we you get the right pulse for things. I mean, uh, oil is going back up again because of what's going on in the uh, uh, Red Sea and, and the Suez Canal. And and uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm pulling my hair out. I've got very little left. <laughs> well, the, the, the fact of the matter is the nation feels the same way. They're pulling out their hair. 
because they know uh, and feel rightly that the country is not going in the right direction. You mentioned what's happening overseas. You could not design a foreign policy that is more destructive to the interests of the United States and the free world than what this crowd is doing. They're continuing to appease Iran, letting them uh, sell tens of billions of dollars of oil, which gives them revenue to uh, do uh, four, finance hard. Four like million barrels. I think they're up to four million barrels uh, a day. Four million and barrels a down, day. And they were down to 200,000 or 300,000 uh, barrels a day when Donald Trump was uh, left office. And so uh, you see them appeasing uh, China. You see them uh, not doing what's right in Europe. So everywhere you look, and that, uh, that weakness breeds uh, aggression. Weakness breeds big, big trouble. So even when people ask me about the economy, what I worry about is the impact of the deteriorating situation overseas. Now, here at home, even though we have an extraordinary, resilient, a creative economy, this administration, as you know, is doing its level best to wreck it, uh, whether it's uh, uh, hurting uh, the output of uh, oil and gas, uh, whether it's uh, in terms of piling on new and new regulations. And uh, how about this? They're trying to control uh, the price of drugs by having the power to take patents away from uh, companies and give them to other companies. But in that proposal that they have out there, everyone's focusing on what that would do to research and development for new uh, drugs and medicines and medical devices. What they don't know is there's a sleeper in that proposal that would allow the administration to seize patents of manufacturers, allow them to seize patents of, uh, of uh, chip makers and the like. Uh, this is the biggest socialist grab and it's gotten very little attention. So everywhere you look, they're doing, their, their, their doing everything they can to hobble the economy. They they have moved what I've been saying in in, in it's an estimate uh, since uh, President Biden has been in power uh, they moved a trillion dollars worth of wealth from North America to, to Asia and uh, Russia and China and the OPEC nations and that's a lot of money. Well, and and it also harms the United States of uh, Venezuela. Uh, they're trying to suck up to this uh, dictator, Maduro, who's really a puppet of the Cuban secret police. As you know, uh, Venezuelan oil is dirty oil, and uh, yet uh, we're opening up a market for their dirty oil while we produce clean oil here at home. And it's, it's absolutely perverse. And so uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, we've got uh, we need to do more cooperation in terms of uh, get rebuilding our military. We don't have the capacity, the infrastructure right now to meet all our needs for our, uh, our security because we let it uh, fall apart in the last uh, 20 years. And uh, we should be working with uh, Korea and uh, South Korea and Japan in building uh, submarines. That's the one ace we still have out there is our superb submarines. But we are supposed to have 66. We only have about 30 that are functional right now. Oh, my God. So we should be working with our allies to uh, have a major military buildup to show China we're not a declining oh. power and they're not going to dominate the world. I understand yesterday I find out, I find out, we have to ask uh, some of our Navy guys on this, that they, Russia has excess money. Besides all the wars they're fighting, they have excess money. So they're building up their oil fleet. Not to, I mean, their, their Navy fleet. Uh, Vito? Hey, Steve, Vito Fasella, uh, good to hear your voice. Um, just two two things. One, can you drill down a little bit more on what you think is happening in Yemen and who, you know, the Red Sea issues and how its uh, implicate implications are on the economy? And secondly, 
Nobody knows the Fed better than you. I'm curious to see your, your, your crystal ball, what, what's going to happen over the next uh, several months with respect, with respect to Fed, the interest rates, and the economy. Yeah, on the Houthis, as you know, they are a creation of Iran. They're financed by Iran, trained by Iran, uh, trying to undermine uh, Saudi Arabia, taking over Yemen. And uh, what they're doing to shipping is uh, they're probing. Iran wants to see how much they can push us around. And Iran wants to be the dominant power in the Middle East. You know, what's shocking right now, Vito, is if you take all the the missiles that Hezbollah has in uh, northern Lebanon, upwards of 150,000, if they uh, decide to go all out against Israel and Iran uses the missiles it has against Israel, Israel would ultimately win, but it would devastate and destroy much of the country. How in the world do we let that happen? And why are we continuing to appease Iran? They're about to get the bomb. And so in terms of what the Houthis are doing, we shouldn't just lob a few missiles against Houthi camps and that kind of stuff. We should hit Iran hard, militarily, uh, their, their military assets, their uh, oil exports. And eliminate assets. their nuclear program, Steve. It's Tony Carbonetti. I want to add to you that. Bet. We need to eliminate because if they go nuclear, the whole region goes nuclear. If we leave them alone and they develop their nuclear capabilities. We cannot let them do then, that. Then we're stupider than stupid. Yeah, yes, and others will do, do it, like you just said. Saudi and Saudi others will do it. Said, yes. MBS publicly said, if Iran goes, we go. Then the whole region goes. It's uh, we, we, we have, uh, Steve, we have uh, uh, General Tychet on now, uh, who uh, from, uh, used to be with Space Command. Now he's running for the uh, U.S. Senate in uh, Maryland. In Maryland, yep. And also a Deputy Undersecretary of Air Force, too. Yeah. So yeah. certainly somebody we're, who we're knows We're trying to find stuff. out what's going on in the Red Sea. Uh, General Tychett, are you on? John, I am here, and thanks for having me again. Tell us, I mean, why is, is such, we, we don't have much control of what's going on in the Suez Canal and uh, the Red Sea. It's causing the price of oil to go up 6 to $8 a, a barrel in the last two weeks. Uh, what the heck is going on? John, it's embarrassing that we keep allowing the Houthis, backed by Iran, to attack a variety of interests in the shipping canal that supplies about 12% of global commerce that travels through the Red Sea. And all we're doing is playing defense. We're not doing anything to take the fight to the Houthis, who are lobbying missiles 100 or so in the last five weeks. And we're doing nothing to do anything to demonstrate our will or capability against Iran. And again, they are having their will and their way with us. And all we're doing is playing a little bit of defense. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Steve, you know, Steve Forbes, you know much about what's going on in the Red Sea, too? Well, I, I think everyone knows what's going on. Iran and the Houthis are the puppets of, of Iran, are making a mockery of freedom of the seas. Freedom of the seas has been a core principle of U.S. foreign policy for over 200 years. And that's now under threat in the Red Sea. It's under threat in the, the South China Sea and other waterways, and we're letting it happen. And when the other people around the world see us being pushed around like that, they're, they're going to start to come to the conclusion, it's, among other things, is we got to make a deal with the, the bad guys because the U.S. can't defend anymore. You're more right than wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, General Tyker, I mean, can't, can't we go over there and, and some of our airplanes just scrape along uh, that border along the Red Sea and just uh, hit them so hard that they say it's not worth it? John, you're exactly right. Deterrence is all about 
helping them to understand that they don't want to do what we do not want them to do. It's causing them to understand that the costs and the risks are too high. But right now, there's no costs and there's no risks because we're not even threatening to attack major positions in Yemen of the Houthis or their backers in Iran. And right now, again, they have their free will to disrupt the freedom of the seas because they know right now that President Biden is too scared to potentially escalate the situation when the reality is that he's making the world a more dangerous place with his weakness. And, you know, uh, Steve Forbes, this is Rita Cosby. Steve, you know, the other thing that happened is we're talking about the Red Sea. This was stunning to me today. They just put the coalition together, you know, to protect the Red Sea and to protect especially all these commercial uh, ships that are getting attacked and U.S. ships. And the coalition's fallen apart already. Spain? Uh, uh, France uh, and Germany and Italy. have walked away. And yes. Italy. Yeah, isn't that amazing? What does that say, Steve Forbes, about Biden's lack of leadership? I mean, after so well, briefly, what, what, they're what, falling what apart. Is, uh, we, we, weakness begets big trouble. And uh, they're walking away because they don't see the U.S. Uh, leading the way forcefully. Ronald Reagan never would have let this happen. Uh, Donald Trump never would have let this situation happen. This kind of appeasement and weakness and isolation started with Barack Obama being continued by uh, Joe Biden. And they don't want any trouble. They realize you know they 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 think that they avoid trouble. They can win reelection. You know what I tell all my friends that that hate Trump. And you say you can hate Trump all you want. But who else has the courage to fix these problems? Yeah, we need a warrior. I use that expression because you need somebody who's – it is a mess, Vito Fasella. Yeah, and, and I'm just uh, – what what are the implications now? It's not just we got to get the Hootsies and the Yemen. There are were, there were economic implications here causing uh, carriers to now go around the, the South Africa. There's economic uh, negative you know, implications. It's, it's two implications more beyond the region. $8 a barrel difference. You go around – 100 million barrels a day is $800 million a day difference in the last two weeks. A day. Where does that $800 million go? Guess we, what? We pay. Right. And, and it takes and, the oh, shippers. The Americans pay. Yeah, we're paying. Yeah, we're, paying. Like, we're paying the price. But it also takes the shippers two more weeks. They have to go around, you know, the, the Horn of Africa. And right. What's happening to insurance rates, et cetera? Steve, go ahead. All, all, all you have to do, all you have to do, uh, insurance rates have uh, gone up somewhat. Uh, but all you have to do is look at the uh, lockdowns to see what can happen to supply chains. This is a form of a maritime lockdown, uh, having to go these torturous routes, uh, not doing as much shipping as you might like. And the key thing is no one has faith that the U.S. will put a stop to it. If people had faith that the U.S. would put a stop to it, it would stop. As you know, back in the 1980s, we had the so-called tanker wars in the Gulf, and uh, we reflagged uh, ships, yep. put the American flag on, which meant to Iran, you attack them, you're attacking us, and you know what that means. Wow, that's good memory. That's yeah, good memory. Absolutely. General Tankard, last word. The idea that we can continue to be weak and expect the world to be more peaceful is foolish. That the only way the world exactly. can become more peaceful and predictable and prosperous is when America can lead and when America is strong. And we're seeing none of that from the Biden administration. Well, and and you're running for the U.S. Senate uh, seat in Maryland. How's it going? It's going great, John. We have gotten three months under our belt. We've got endorsements. We've got fundraising that's coming in. And I think the world understands that we need leaders, not politicians, to dig us out of the mess that politicians have gotten. You, you need leadership. We, you know, when when Italy 
I want the American people to understand what I'm just going to say. When our allies, Italy, Spain, Germany, France, walk away from us in the Suez Canal and in the Red Sea, what kind of respect do they have for our leadership in Washington? Just put that in your mind. Sad. Sad Very situation, sad. John. Very wow. Sad. And it's, and it's, it's sadly a sign of the see, times. I give, I give translations of the entire situation. That was a good translation. It's true. That was a very good one, but it's clear and it's sad. Uh, well, listen, uh, Steve Forbes, we love you and General Tykert. Thank you. We love you too. We appreciate both of you guys. Thanks. Thanks, thanks John. Thanks, for having us on. <clears throat> good luck. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Better year. <laughs> yes, pray for our country. Absolutely. And General, both of you. thank you and good luck in Maryland and we're going to be helping you. Absolutely, and Happy New Year to y'all. Happy New Year. Thank you. Let's and take a break. Coming up, we have Curtis Lewa, who's talking about the big attack, sadly, that happened in Grand Central, and uh, the migrants in New York. We got a lot that and more after the break. The migrants are coming. The migrants are coming. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, I saw this headline uh, that the vendors at the Roosevelt Hotel, where the migrants are coming in the processing center, uh, say, guess what? There's no business there. Nobody's coming. Well, who knows it better? Uh, and also what's sadly going on in Grand Central then our Curtis Lewa. Uh, Curtis, uh, you can't, I'm even surprised there was any business at these vendors there at Roosevelt Hotel. Well, you used to have a cafe there, a few other shops, but no, no, there's nothing now. And uh, you, if you're a police officer, you can't even go into the Roosevelt Hotel unless you have a search warrant. You believe this? That's We're crazy. housing these illegal aliens wait, there. Wait, wait, they need a Curtis, search warrant I, to walk in? I said yeah. Give me a day. break. I said, I said, if Giuliani was mayor... There would have been a New York Times reporter inside the Roosevelt taking photos, exposing. We have no idea what's going on in there. It's like New Jack City. Exactly. I'll tell you this. We have <laughs> no, no idea what's going on in there. They have National Guard in there that Hochul has sent. Uh, they have this uh, private firm that's had all kinds of problems. And Doc we see no photos, have we? Right. No. No. Yeah, no just one's once permitted. a lot of worker how, comes how, out. How come there isn't an in- investigative reporter? That just wants to see what's going, where our taxpayer dollars are going. Right, right. Because you don't want to see what's going on in I know you don't want to see. Yeah, and, and clearly, no wonder the vendors can't get. By the way, did you see the price tab today? It just came out, Curtis. Um, $3.1 billion, with a B, dollars. It was from April of last year to November of this year. That's the cost of migrants in New York City. That but, is stunning. Well, you have these no-bid contracts with no transparency. The mayor, under the Emergency Orders Act, Basically, he acts like he can hire whoever he wants, uh, put him to a contract, no bids, and it's just going to continue to escalate. We're, we're, we're on the verge of a fiscal insolvency next year, and we have a financial control board. I know this isn't popular, but uh, nobody at City Hall knows how to control spending or city council. How many uh, we budget need to- hearings has the city council had about the, the potential $8 billion deficit next year? Zero. Zero. Well, they want to spend more. They don't believe yeah. that there's right. going to be That's a deficit because they don't understand where the money comes from. Yeah, they they're, even, the money they're comes jumping from. on Adam's case saying, Not what migrant more. problem? Right, spend more. Right, spend more. Now, um, we, we need somebody to rein everybody in and say, this is all the money we have. We have to have a balanced budget. We're not like the federal government. We can't print money, and we're going to have to learn to live with it. 
That's simple. None of these officials can do that. They can't. They just know how to spend money that they don't have. Yeah, clearly. I, I think Bloomberg's last budget was seventy billion. What was last year? One hundred and six. One hundred eight. One hundred eight. And uh, it's In growing. Ten years. So ten I years went from under, seventy to one hundred. I think you guys it was forty four billion. Our, right? our letter, Rudy kept it under under forty. Okay. It, we, he, he wanted to go under forty before he left. No, when I ran for mayor, it was like forty eight. And then Bloomberg. But Bloomberg came in at 70 his last year, I believe. And then it's gone from 70 to 108. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, it no, ridiculous. I think it was less. When I was first no, yeah, in 2013, when I ran for mayor, it was about 48, 49. By the way, I want to uh, remind you, John, when you ran for mayor and Joe Loda beat you in the primary, he called the Port Authority mall cops. Remember when yes, he called them? Yes, I remember that. The Port Authority showed everybody how to deal with these Hamas crazies earlier today. In 20 minutes, well, they had arrested Tony 26. Tony ran uh, Joe Loder's campaign. Joe's a dear friend of mine. Get out of here. Wait, wait, Joe wait, is a very you? dear friend of mine. Oh, we no, still let you Joe, in the studio? A, it's I, your I, fault. I, I came to see John. Tony I told John I was going to support Joe. The, the we could have had, we could have had very this fine, wonderful man who would have been the best mayor ever. Let's face it. You know in the last month, Tony Carbonetti, nobody even saw Joe Loder. You had Rudy up there in the edge. Everybody thought they were voting for Rudy Giuliani for a third term. Right, Joe, Joe, like I said, was a great deputy mayor. And I think, you know, Joe, I guess, has a great personal friend, has a great public servant. No, he would have been a great deputy mayor. Yeah, or, or what did you call him? A controller, right? You said you would no, hire no, him, no, right? No, no. Didn't he, you say? Joe Loda was a very decent guy and a very, very smart Although today, we need to salute the Port, Port Authority cops. They showed us how to deal with these Hamas crazies. Except, I, guess I, what? I, they're tell us about what happened to GFK yeah, real fast. They are out 20 already. minutes, they had 26 arrested on the Port Authority bus. They had all the vehicles removed, traffic returned. You know why? The Port Authority police do not report to the, the mayor of the city. Yes, but, but they are out already. That's what we're hearing. That's I, I mean, I'm glad they arrested him. I agree with you. That's a first step. Can they arrest him on this? So they're arrested on state violations and brought to the city court? Where has that work? But as the commissioner said, they're gonna, they've already been released. To, uh, unless they're charged criminally. Yeah, at least they're arrested. We'll never see him again. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll see him. Uh, they'll be at the next place tomorrow. You remember the professional protesters. We know that. And, by the way, we have a big happy birthday, Vito, right? Mary Pat's Mary birthday. Mary Pat's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, She Mary looks Pat. amazing for 25. <laughs> she does. She really does. 29. <laughs> and we won Staten Island. In 2013, yep, yep, absolutely. Mary, Mary Pat Frisella, she's a great lady. She's fabulous. She we love you. you. Happy birthday, Happy Mary birthday. Pat. And by the way, guys, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless you.